What's up, nerds? You ready to be thumped with the Bible? I'm Drew Dixon. I am the chief content nerd at Love Thy Nerd. And uh, every every week, I whack you with God's holy script. Um, and you will feel the pain of it in your noggin. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, of course, the goal of these Bible thumps is to encourage you from the Word. And so, let's do that. Let's look at God's Word. We've been in the Gospel of Mark, and we've been seeing how this Gospel is really good news. The many ways in which Jesus, the message about Jesus, his life, death, his resurrection, but not just his death and resurrection, but his life. How Jesus lived, how Jesus operated, how he taught, how he interacted with people, how this is good news. Not just for us and for our salvation, but for the world. Um, this message that we see in the Bible about Jesus is good news for us today, and it's good news we're to carry with us in our relationships, in our friendships. And today we'll see that it's something we're called to carry with us in the way that we forgive. Um, so let's look at Jesus's words in, uh, or Jesus' actions, sorry, not just his words, but his words and his actions in Mark chapter 2. So this is Mark chapter 2, and it says, when he entered Capernaum, again after some days it was reported that he was at home. So many people gathered together, and there was no more room, not even in the doorway. And he was speaking the word to them. They came to him, bringing a paralytic, carried by, carried by four of them. Since they were not able to bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof from above him, and after digging through it, they lowered the mat on which the paralytic was lying. Seeing their faith, Jesus told the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. But some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, why does he speak like this? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Right away, Jesus perceived this in his spirit, that they were thinking like this within themselves, and said to them, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take up your mat, and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he told the paralytic, I tell you, get up. Take your mat and go home. And immediately got up, took the mat, and went out in front of everyone. And as a result, they were all astounded and gave glory to God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. So this is one of those stories that maybe might seem obvious to most people of what point Jesus is trying to make here. But there's actually a lot more going on than just um, Jesus declaring that he has authority to forgive sins. Um he is doing that, and it is profound, and it is beautiful that Jesus has authority to forgive sins. But I think there, there's more that we should see. First, I think it's important to note, and this is something I think I've not noticed in the text until recently, uh, that just always seemed to be passed over. This is like a popular Bible story, right? Like, if you've spent much time in church, you've heard the story about Jesus because it's because it ruffles the feathers of the scribes and because um, of what Jesus is claiming to be able to do, that he's claiming to have the authority to forgive sins. Um but did you notice that this is his house? So I always would read this story and go like, man, if that was my house, I'd be really mad that, that people cut a hole in the roof. Like, this is the ancient world we're talking about. These people built their houses themselves, and it was hard work. It wasn't like, um, it, you know, it wasn't like today where you could just call someone to come and fix your roof, but... Um, it, it was tough. It was hard work. It took days of labor to... to, to fix roofs when he had problems like this. And so to just uh, cut a hole in someone's roof, I always thought it was someone else's roof. And I always thought about like, what was that guy who owned this house going like, hey, what, what, what the, what the worry, you know, what are you doing? Um, but it's actually at Jesus's home. It seems most likely this was, this was Jesus's house. This is some house that he belonged to that, that belonged to him. 
And, uh, and so he doesn't get upset at these people. Remarkably, Jesus sees them. And not only that, he sees their faith. Um, it says that, uh, seeing their faith, Jesus told the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. So he sees the faith, maybe the paralytic, maybe of his friends, maybe all of them. It seems probably all of them. And he says, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, there's an important note there because constantly in the Gospels, there's a connection between healing and faith. It's not that our faith heals us, but rather that Jesus heals people who trust in him. It, you know, there's all these great stories in the Gospels that point to, to, to people that just believed that Jesus, that Jesus would heal them. There's a story of someone um, just, you know, running through this crowd and reaching out, someone who is, who is suffering from, from a, a debilitating disease for a long time, uh, this, this, this blood disease, and, and just reaches out and touches Jesus' cloak, believing, if I could just touch Jesus' cloak, I'd be healed. And Jesus honors this faith of this woman and, and, and heals her and calls attention to the fact that, that she touched him and... Um, yeah, it's this really beautiful story. But my point in bringing this up is not to say that our faith heals us. I don't think that's necessarily the case in the Gospels. But that Jesus is a healer. And he calls us to trust that he will bring healing in our lives. Um, this isn't to say that if you have a disease, um, that Jesus will definitely heal you in the way that you want to be healed. The point is to say that Jesus is in the business of healing. And he calls us to trust that he is in that business. And we've already seen it in the Gospels. Um, but Jesus is the great physician, right? And he is going to heal, whether he heals our diseases the way that we want, whether he heals what we find to be wrong about us the way that we want this side of eternity, we know that Jesus is a healer. And he will bring what's broken in this world um, to to justice. He will he will make it right. He, he will show mercy on what's wrong with our world and heal and heal it. Secondly, we see that Jesus deliberately healed this man in a way that would make the religious leaders of his day really angry. Um, he knew exactly what his claim, that this man's sins were forgiven, would say to those who were watching. There were religious leaders, there were scribes. Uh, ex- these were, scribes are experts in the law of God in the Old Testament, right? And they, they, he knew they were there, and he knew if he said, your sins are forgiven, that that would make them really mad. But he said it anyway. Why? Because he wanted to make a point right? That he does indeed have the forgiveness to bring healing. He does indeed have the forgiveness to uh, heal us of sin. Sin is at the root of everything that's wrong with our world, and Jesus has authority over it. Um, It's not to say again, I've I've made this point again and again, it's not to say that people suffer necessarily because of their own sin. Um, That's not a point that the the gospel or the Bible makes. Um, But we've seen Jesus's authority again and again in Mark's gospel, haven't we? His authority to teach. He teaches as one with authority, not like the scribes and the Pharisees. His authority over sickness, his authority over the demon world, over over Satan, right? Um, his ability to overcome Satan and his like. Um, Jesus now says he has authority to forgive sins. And he proved it, didn't he? He proved that he has authority to forgive sins, by claiming that, and then healing this man. I mean, he makes that point to those who are watching by. He says, you know, hey, did you notice that I proved that I have this authority by the way that I did it? Um, And so this is really good news. 
that Jesus has the authority to forgive sins. By the way, he doesn't just say, I have the authority to forgive sins. He says, the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. When we see that term Son of Man, it's easy to think that Jesus is just calling himself a human being, a son of, of people. But if we look at Daniel 7, we find that there's a deeper meaning. There's one like a son of man mentioned in Daniel 7, and he's a representative of God's people. He's a king that's opposed to the forces of evil, and, and God vindicates this king and proves him to be in the right and gives him authority. And, and Daniel speaks of this king of having a kingdom that will never end, that will reign for all eternity, and that will be a kingdom of righteousness and justice and truth and beauty and goodness, right? And so the son of man, this is a term for the, the, the Messiah that that if you were a Jew in Jesus' day, you were looking forward to the coming of the Messiah. You were longing for his return to make things right and to bring uh, bring mercy and justice to bear on the world. Um, and so Jesus is saying, yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's what he's saying. Yeah, that's me. And I have the authority to forgive sins. Um, you know, it's interesting. I think in some ways today, um, forgiveness is seen as, as weak, right? Um, there's many cultures in which when you're wronged, you see to it, uh, in many human cultures, if you're wronged, you see to it that the person who wronged you is utterly hurt and destroyed and that you get even. It's like a moral duty to get revenge. Um, we could look at all kinds of examples of this when, um, you know, I mean, think about some of the, the great wrongs that have been committed in the world. What do we immediately want to happen after that? Think about 9-11. Immediately after 9-11, what did so many of us want? Um, we wanted revenge. We wanted the people who did those things to be brought to justice. And I'm not saying it's wrong in any way to, to long for justice, but I am pointing out that um, forgiveness doesn't come as easily to us as, as we often think. Um, so we shouldn't be surprised that when Jesus claimed to have authority to forgive sins that it wasn't received uh, very well. But forgiveness is powerful. Um, and it's powerful because it's costly. Think about what forgiving us of our sin would one day cost Jesus. It would cost him his life. And he was willing to pay that price out of love for us. We have to afford Jesus the dignity of the cross. He did it out of love for us. God so loved the world that he gave up his only son that we should have life in him, right? Jesus' people need to realize, as Jesus' people, we need to realize that he has the authority to heal us and to forgive us, and not only to forgive us of our personal sin that keeps us from God, to, but to bring healing and forgiveness to our communities. So when you hear this story, I hope that you don't just think about um, how you can be forgiven. That's part of it. But as gospel-shaped people, as Jesus people, um, we're called to think about how can we bring the healing and forgiveness that Jesus offers to our communities. How can we promote reconciliation between people who just cannot get along? How can you promote reconciliation in your life? Maybe you have a loved one or a friend who you're estranged from, and you've been estranged from for years because you just can't get along over some issue. Um, how could you promote healing and forgiveness in that situation? How could you set aside uh, the fact that you think you're right to cultivate a relationship with people? I hear stories all the time of Christians who are estranged from their children because their children um, don't believe or make decisions that their parents disagree with. Um, there is no decision, I often think about this, there's no decision my kids could make that would make me stop loving them. Um, I, I think that anyway, 
But of course, I haven't experienced um, the heartache that many parents have. But whatever you need to do, go and see about reconciling that relationship. Love that person. Call them back. Um, see if there's a way you can you can you can set aside your desires to love that person. How can you bring healing to your communities? Is there some group of people or some person that you just can't see eye to eye with and you um, have demonized in many ways? How could you seek forgiveness from that person? Um, Jesus brings healing. He brings forgiveness. Um, he has the authority to forgive sins. Um, so yes, look to Jesus for the cosmic healing and forgiveness of sin that only he can provide. Everything that you've done wrong, everything broken about you, every moral decision you've failed to make properly, um, all your mistakes, all your failures, um, all of the ways you've hurt people, Jesus can heal those things. He will forgive you and he will no longer hold them against you. Um, he will choose to no longer hold those things against you if you trust in him. But also, Jesus wants to empower you to take that forgiveness into your relationships with others. And that's part of how we live out the good news. That's part of how we point people to Jesus, is by forgiving the way that he forgives. By living out his forgiveness in our relationships with our spouses, with our friends, with our um, our neighbors. So, um, thanks for listening today. Thank you so much for your time. I hope that you'll embrace the forgiveness of Jesus and live it out in your relationship with others. And don't forget, Jesus loves you, nerd. <laughs>